ओम नमो भगवती वासुदेवाय Bhagavad Gita as it is, chapter 17, which is called The Divisions of Faith. And now today we have texts 5 and 6. They share a common purport here. So we're going to chant those texts. We're going to chant text 5, which is on the board behind me. Uh, uh, the Sanskrit Devanagari uh, script has been transliterated into the Roman alphabet, so we can all chant this. Next time. So I'll say each, each, uh, each word, you can say it after me, and then uh, we'll chant each, each part of each line responsibly. So go on and uh, uh, read the translation, and the purport, a little discussion. Okay, so text five and six after me. Ashastra Vikitam Horam Tapyante Ye Tapo Janaha Dambahankara Shastra vihitam ghoram Apyante yetapo janaha Samha hankara samyukta Amaraga valandita Shastra vihitam ghoram Apyante yetapo janaha samyukta Amoraga balandita Oh. Uh-huh. 
The translation is, those who undergo severe austerities and penances, not recommended in the scriptures, performing them out of pride and egoism, who are impelled by lust and attachment, who are foolish and torture the material elements of the body, as well as the super-soul dwelling within, are to be known as demons. There are persons who manufacture modes of austerity and penances which are not mentioned in the scriptural injunctions. For instance, fasting for some ulterior purpose, such as to promote a purely political end is not mentioned in scriptural directions. The scriptures recommend fasting for spiritual advancement, not for some political end or social purpose. Persons who take to such austerities are, according to Bhagavad Gita, certainly demoniac. Their acts are against the scriptural injunctions and are not beneficial for the people in general. Actually, they act out of pride, or ego, lust, and attachment for material enjoyment. By such activities, not only is the combination of material elements of which the body is constructed disturbed, but also the Supreme Personality of Godhead Himself living within the body. Such unauthorized fasting or austerities for some political end are certainly very disturbing to others. They're not mentioned in the Vedic literature. A demoniac person may think that he can force his enemy or other parties to comply with his desire by this method, but sometimes one dies by such fasting. These acts are not pre-approved by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and he says that those who engage in them are demons. Such demonstrations are insults to the Supreme Personality of Godhead because they are enacted in disobedience to the Vedic scriptural injunctions. The word achetasaha is significant in this connection. Persons of normal mental condition must obey the scriptural injunctions. Those who are not in such a position neglect and disobey the scriptures and manufacture their own ways of austerities and penances. One should always remember the ultimate end of the demoniac people, as described in the previous chapter. Uh, the Lord forces them to take birth and wounds of demoniac persons. 
Consequently, they will live by demoniac principles, life after life, without knowing their relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. If, however, such persons are fortunate enough to be guided by a spiritual master, who can direct them to the path of Vedic wisdom, they can get out of this entanglement and ultimately achieve the Supreme Goal. So in this chapter, uh, uh, Krishna is asking this question that Arjuna uh, said um, um, the, the, in the previous uh, chapter. Uh, uh, it is discussed, Shastavidim uh, Utsvidya, those people who give up the injunction to the rule of the scripture, uh, uh, that's characteristic of uh, what's called Asura or a demoniac people um, uh, and uh, Krishna says those people attain uh, neither perfection nor happiness nor the supreme destination so then Arjuna says what about these people uh, in this chapter who, who, who do this uh, and practice uh, some kind of um, austerities or religions that they, they make up, what's their position, uh, what mode of nature are they, they in. So then he's described um, people who turn away from transcendence but still somehow whether they follow scripture, uh, according to their mode of nature, uh, they, they will worship the demigods, if they're in the mode of goodness, if they're in the mode of passion, they'll worship the uh, uh, yakshas and rakshashas and if in the mode of ignorance uh, ghosts and spirits uh, so now then in this verse we go to people who are uh, completely ashastra uh, vigita uh, they perform uh, these tapyante uh, they perform austerities that are ghoram uh, uh, grisly let's say pretty horrible and he says to, ca- uh, to cause harm uh, to others they're harmful to others mm. uh, those people uh, uh, they, uh, they are uh, these are to be known as uh, who's asura uh, they're uh, they're their determination or their resolve is demoniac uh, when they do this they undergo these very severe austerities uh, uh, and uh, uh, such that karshayanta uh, they uh, they, complete, they they destroy the, the material elements of the body they torture they torture the body and also he says and me Krishna says they torture me I'm sitting in this body and they, they torture me uh, when, when, when they do this uh, and why do they do it? Dhamba, Ahankara, Samyukta because they are uh, uh, doing this in connection with Dhamba uh, uh, means pride and hypocrisy and Ahankara uh, egoism uh, and they're impelled by the force of uh, karma and raga uh, 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 lust and, and uh, attachment or sometimes raga means anger that's why Prabhupada mentions that one of the examples he's giving him here is uh, I guess what's now known as a hunger strike uh, for, for political reasons like that people sometimes fast on a, on a hunger strike uh, and uh, again it's done out of anger you have enemies and this is one way I remember where these Irish Republican Army terrorists were in, in, in the British prisons they would, they would go on these hunger strikes and, uh, and, and, and so on so it's a political tactic 
so that's, these are not undertaken at all out of spiritual advancement, uh, but uh, just just for some uh, uh, some purpose like that. And sometimes we see that even for spiritual reasons, people wanting undertaking some spiritual activity, they will actually do these things. They will perform austerities that that. Uh, uh, a torture the the uh, dhamma the, the the elements of the body, and Krishna says me. Are you seeing it in India sometimes? I've seen a picture of some some uh, uh, ascetic who uh, kept his fists closed like this, and his fingernails grew in out to the back of his hand. Uh, maybe you've seen like this. Huh? And, and so I've seen various kinds of, uh, of uh, torture like this. Uh, I've, I've even seen it sometimes. Not, not exactly that one. That one I saw a picture of. But, uh, uh, anyway, I don't know that I need to describe all these kinds of things, but they are, they are, they are pretty, uh, pretty ghastly. But that just doesn't happen uh, in, in India. Um, um, there are... Uh, uh, Christians, I, I think they still do this in some places, but in the Middle Ages they had a flagellants. Yeah, they take whips and they, they whip themselves. Uh, they penance uh, for their sins. They whip themselves. Sometimes they wear something called a hair shirt. Uh, you take, you make a kind of an undershirt that's woven out of horse hair, and you wear it next to your skin, so it always makes your skin all scratched and bleeding and everything like that. So everywhere, every place you go, you find these people. Uh, uh, yeah, pe- people uh, sometimes put hooks in their skin and hang by their hooks and all kinds of these kind of things. Huh? It's, it's quite quite uh, nasty. Uh, uh, so these kinds of severe austerities and penances do go on. They're not recommended in the scriptures. Here you can see there are austerities and penances are good, but what you should do and how you should do it. Uh, uh, in the sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, where the, the principles of yoga are given, it says that one should not sleep uh, too little or too much, not eat too little or too much. You see, so the, there's a, the, the actual course of spiritual life is, is one one should keep the body healthy. Uh, after all, this body belongs to God. Uh, I'm, I mean. How can I claim it's mine? Did I make it? I'm, I'm occupying it here, but uh, it's only uh, it's only a rental unit. <laughs> I don't really I'm here for a while, and I have to go away. So it's it's, it's really not my body. It's it's it, but it's, it, I didn't make it. Uh, Krishna made it, uh, so I I, I I should take care of it uh, because it's, it's Krishna's property. And, and use it, uh, use it uh, correctly. Now, this is the, the, the teaching that that, that that Krishna says. But, but why sometimes? Why do people uh, want to perform these these extraordinary austerities and penances like this? Well, when they're doing it for people who are some they're transcendentalists. That's because these people uh, many times they they, they understand. That that uh, material desires are are uh, they cannot they cannot subdue them, and they want to be a transcendentalist and they want to subdue the senses. But the senses are are uh, are, are always mischievous. The mind is always going toward sense gratification, and so uh, they they undertake these austerities. Uh, as, as, as the severe austerities as an attempt to uh, to control uh, their senses. Uh, I've heard described some 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 uh, uh, again in India. I've heard the description of these sages in in, in Rishi case. They were doing good things like this with the fingernails growing out to the back of their hands, or just holding their hand out so it withers. Hmm? Because, I mean, look at our hands. They're engaged in so many sinful activities. Uh, so somewhere in Shakespeare, in one of his plays, I think it's Hamlet maybe, he refers to these hands 
as uh, stealers and pickers or that pickpockets and stealing you know our hands engage in so many mischievous and sinful activities and so you may think that well I have to do something I'll just keep my hands closed like this and not use them because they're engaged in sinful activities uh, and uh, I've also people sometimes they have sewn up their mouths uh, uh, and things like that to take a take a vow of silence I've seen somebody once I saw a guy I saw this he started sticking out this big spike through his tongue of course now it's a popular thing called body piercing <laughs> but I, I don't know if they, if they, if they uh, use a local anesthetic these <laughs> people get the body piercing but, uh, uh, so, so, so that's because the, the people try to do this to control the tongue uh, because there's a problem uh, uh, and, and it's discussed in, in, the, in the second chapter in, in, the, in the Bhagavad Gita um, uh, where uh, where, where uh, uh, at the, toward the end of the second uh, chapter uh, Krishna has been recommending in the second chapter that, that one uh, has to become free from attachment and aversion uh, and to uh, uh, to control uh, keep the senses uh, under control he said and uh, uh, Krishna says um, here in the, in the 59th verse he says the embodied soul may be restricted from sense enjoyment though the taste for the sense object remains or even if you're trying to be an austere ascetic and you try to renounce uh, the gratification of senses so you can withdraw your senses from the object you can restrict them but still the taste for these things are, are still there that's always the problem uh, uh, and then the desire persists it doesn't go away uh, so uh, what to do Krishna says raso varjam raso api asya param vartate but if one can uh, 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 see such engagements uh, by uh, attaining a higher taste by, by seeing some, uh, experiencing something superior then you become fixed in consciousness in other words you, you have the experience of something that is so superior that one loses one's taste for what formerly you thought was quite delightful sometimes we have found even in the material world one engages in an activity that, that you like very much uh, uh, and you give well like for example smoking cigarettes when one is smoking cigarettes uh, there's a compulsion you're addicted uh, uh, to cigarettes and then uh, if one gives it up uh, then uh, after, after having finally given them up for some time and you happen to walk someplace where people are smoking cigarettes uh, the first thing you think is, "Why? How could I have ever done that?" Because the smell, you it's just it's so awful. You can't imagine that. Uh, how did I subject myself to this this uh, horrible taste and this horrible smell uh, uh, for so long? That's 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 what's happened because you know, your your taste buds clear up and you start to be able to taste other things again and you can start to breathe real air and all these things like that you actually realize it's better <laughs> so uh, so when one experiences the, the taste of, of, uh, of Krishna consciousness that is whatever is higher there's a superior spiritual engagement then you can, you can give it up easily I know that as a Krishna devotee um, uh, it is not a problem for any of us 
uh, to give up meat eating because we every day we eat Krishna Prasad and uh, that stuff tastes better it's, it's superior and uh, again the same thing if you go by where a steak is being cooked you know you wonder the same thing as like the cigarette God, how could I ever have thought this was nice but you, you have on that level something something higher and so that's what Krishna's recommendation is that in, in this as he says a little later on one who restrains his senses keeping them under full control and fixes his consciousness upon me is known as a person of steady intelligence uh, so he says is fixing the consciousness on Krishna for the bhakti yoga process we fix the consciousness on Krishna by engaging the senses in Krishna's service these same hands which are maybe the cause of so many so much trouble to me I don't, I don't have to you know, hold them like this all the time this tongue I, I don't have to put it in a clamp or run a nail through it uh, I have to talk about Krishna I have to use my tongue in Krishna's service I have to taste Krishna prasadam the mischievous senses can be contained all by engaging in uh, uh, Krishna's service and that's, that's how uh, bhakti yoga actually works so um, that's, that's the principle of Krishna consciousness and so if one, if one does like this then actually there's no need to, to oh, what is the term for it in Krishna to mortify the flesh uh, that's, that's the term the mortification of the flesh they practice these austerities like this uh, these uh, uh, mortifications not really require the, the whipping with the whip and the, uh, various other kinds of uh, 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 things like that there's another example I just wanted to uh, point out uh, when he says this is uh, Krishna says this is demonic um, it is known uh, in another reason that people uh, have uh, in the olden days uh, performed austerities and penances is they realize that by doing it you get power uh, and they want this power uh, sometimes for um, their own ends it's sort of like a hunger strike but there's another kind of power and we have the example of Hiranyakashipu who's a certified card carrying demon uh, he uh, he wanted well uh, I'll read you a little bit about this uh, from the Bhagavatam uh, Hiranyakashipu had a brother named Hiranyaksha who was killed by Lord Vishnu so uh, he wanted revenge uh, against Vishnu and so he was going to going to uh, uh, embark on his own pro- program uh, uh, not, not to satisfy God but actually to, over- to overthrow God uh, and he uh, wanted to become uh, well here it says uh, uh, the demoniac king Hiranyakashipu wanted to be unconquerable and free from old age and dwindling of the body he wanted to gain all the yogic perfections like anima and lagima now that is to become anima means city and needs to become very very tiny lagima be, be able to be light walk on water all those things uh, to be deathless and to be the only king of the entire universe including Brahmaloka so these were his ambitions so he performed austerities and penances in the valley of Mandara hill Hiranyakashipu be- be- began performing his austerities by standing with his toes on the ground 
keeping his arms upwards, he was standing tiptoe. What he means to say, he was standing on his tiptoes, keeping his arms upward and looking up toward the sky. This position was extremely difficult, and he accepted it as a means to attain perfection. So he did this for a thousand years of the gods. No, a hundred years of the gods. A hundred years of the gods. Now one year of the god is 360 human years. So he kept that position for a very long time. It hurt. But anyway, what happened to him? But because of this austerity, he began to get some powers. From the hair on Hiranyakashipu's head, there emanated an effulgent light as brilliant and intolerable as the rays of the sun at the time of dissolution. Seeing the performance of such austere penances, the demigods who had been wandering through the planets now returned to their respective homes. So then it says the earth and the oceans, the began earthquakes and stars and planets fell and uh, uh, so the whole, everyone, the demigods themselves began to, began to be burnt by the fire emanating from his head and they went to Lord Brahma and they said uh, uh, he's undertaken this severe austerity and uh, we want you to do something about him but they told him that Hiranyakashipu's idea was by doing this austerity he would gain mystic power and then he would take the same post as Brahma. He wanted Brahma's post himself. And then with Brahma's post, he says, he will be, Srinikashipu is saying, uh, by dint of my severe austerities, I shall reverse the results of pious and impious activities. In other words, if you do something sinful, you're, you're, you have good karma, <laughs> you, you prosper, you live long, you, <laughs> But if you do something pious, you suffer, you go to hell. <laughs> if you do something sinful, you go to heaven. So you wanted to flip it around. <laughs> now that's an ambition, huh? So that's why he, he was aiming at, at Brahma's post. So they asked Brahma to do something about him. Uh, and so, of course... Uh, but, 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 but when he, when he, so Brahma went to find Hiranyakashipu and when he looked for him he could, it was, first it was hard to see him uh, because his whole body was now covered with a, an anthill and by grass and bamboo and everything I mean he was just he was there for so long and and not only that, the ants and other insects, they had eaten away his body. And there was nothing, he stood there while this happened, and there was nothing left but his skeleton. But because of his powers, Hiranyakashipu was just living in the marrow of his bones. He was still there. And, and so, uh, but he saw this kind of uh, glowing spark, and then so... Uh, uh, Brahma then uh, uh, gave him uh, <coughs> sprinkled his water from his pot on him and he got a new body and anyway the story goes on from there he wanted to get these benedictions from Brahma so he could become immortal and not be killed by anybody and so on anyway there's an example <laughs> Of, of, of really austerities and penances that, that are performed for uh, very selfish uh, and ungodly reasons uh, and uh, meant to disturb uh, the universe. So we should perform penances and austerities, but we should do it according to the regulation of the scripture. And we should do it for, uh, for uh, our own spiritual advancement, and we should also do it to help other people. We should become uh, devotees of the Lord ourselves, and we should we should give devotional service to other people.
that's actually how you bring about the highest uh, uh, good fortune to everybody. So it is necessary. Uh, probably in most cases today our problem is not too much austerity, but none whatsoever. <laughs> so our austerities are not so hard. Uh, uh, just engage, engage the, the, the senses and the, the activities of Christmas service. Uh, uh, refrain from a, a few sinful activities and then uh, 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 the uh, dirty things in the heart chant Hare Krishna and the dirty things in the heart begin to go away. Uh, and, and then you can actually uh, make something worthwhile uh, of our lives and do something uh, good for other people. Uh, that's, that's really the, the aim of, uh, of this, uh, uh, of what, what the Shastra wants us to do. Well, I think we're going to do something special. We're going to do a little austerity. We are. Uh, you want to talk about this, uh, Kaivon? Hmm? Uh, today, this feast is sponsored by 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 uh, by, by Kaivalya Das, Dr. Mahajan. His uh, uh, father-in-law has passed away, and uh, so today, this this feast is is in his honor. And uh, so, uh, for the benediction and, 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 and blessings uh, for him, we want to chant, uh, now in this last part, one round of Japa together. We chant the Hare Krishna mantra uh, for, for one round. So this is our uh, meditation. Do you have beads here? I don't know if we have any to pass out, but you can just chant along if you don't have beads. So we can do this simultaneously. We're, we're, we're going to chant the Hare Krishna mantra uh, together 108 times. So those that have B can do this. If you don't have these, you can just just keep keep up with us, right? Uh, uh, or you can chant on the finger divisions. Here's another way. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So that's ten, and then twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, a hundred, and eight more is a hundred and eight. So like this, you start here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You may know this method of keeping track. But anyway, we'll we'll keep track. Uh, we'll keep track uh, together. Maybe, maybe you want to. Chitanya, you want to say something about, about your grandfather? No? Okay. Right. Are we all ready? So now, now the, the austerity is <laughs> we are going to try during this time just to concentrate our minds on the on, on the names of Krishna, on the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Uh, uh, we, 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 uh, we, we, shall, we are addressing the Lord. The meaning of this mantra, Oh my Lord, please engage me in your service. Uh, and, and disengage me from uh, those things that are uh, unhelpful for your service. So there's two aspects of that. And so we are going to try, we're inviting the Lord to come into our hearts. So we should be there to greet him when he comes. So that means we should try to chant attentively. And as Krishna has described meditation in the Bhagavad Gita, we try to we try to fix the mind. Why don't we turn off our cell phones during this exercise? <laughs> we will not we will not be distracted. So this, let us meditate on, on 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 the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. And then, uh, if you notice your mind has wandered and you start to free associate or think of other things, as soon as you notice, bring it back and again uh, put your put your concentration at the lotus feet uh, of the holy name. And we will. And in, in this way, we shall also ask Krishna uh, for his mercy and benediction. Thank <laughs> you.
to Chaitanya Mahajana's grandfather. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama Rama, Hare Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare.